You are listening to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Well, hey there, all you triathlon studs and stud ads. This is Coach Brett with another great episode of Zen and the Art of Triathlon. Hey, on this show, we've got pro triathlete A.J. Balco. We've got a great interview with him. We go in deep on what it was like training and racing over this past year, his big road trip that he just went on <laughs> trying to keep his car together, and how he sees the current season wrapping up and what's coming up in, in the, uh, next over the next season and what kind of races he's going to do. He's the guy that won the Kona Beer Mile the night before Kona. <laughs> and we talk about that, you know, all kinds of cool stuff. So really excited to have him on the show. I've also got additional tips on how to execute a great race. After I recorded the Austin 70.3 episode last week, uh, where I got 10th in my age group, a very competitive age group, I, uh, you know, you ever have a conversation with somebody or even an argument and then later you're like, man, I should have said this. <laughs> well, I've got a whole bunch of things that after I was done, I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to mention this and this and this really cool, important things that will help you have a better race, even a great race. And, uh, yeah, I collected them all together. Uh, one of them is, uh, about caffeine. I, I add caffeine to my fuel in a totally different way than a lot of people, and it works really, really well. So I thought I'd share that with you. So that kind of stuff is in there. And yeah, let's go ahead and get rolling. Before we do the interview, I want to mention two things. First off, we've got a new sponsor, and I'm super stoked about this. It's, this is Amphibian Multisport out of Chicago. They're a triathlon shop. And I actually used to live in Chicago. I lived there for two summers. I used to work uh, union labor one summer and the next summer testing concrete on the Sears World headquarters. Uh, This is when I was in college uh, doing summer work, trying to earn money for school. And it's out. the World headquarters is out of town just a little bit on the northwest side or west side. And it's uh, in the suburbs and it's Hoffman Estates, Illinois. And it was awesome. Awesome. I loved Chicago in the summer. In the winter, you people are maniacs. I cannot believe you live up there because <laughs> I've been there plenty in the winter and that's insane. In the summer, it is the coolest city on earth. I absolutely love it. It's so like like uh, multicultural and global and so much going on. And as far as a sports town, I've never seen anything like it. I was I was living there when Michael Jordan was playing for the Bulls. And uh, it, it was just unbelievable. And I would bounce around between um, Hoffman Estates, Lake Forest, and uh, Crystal Lake, and then downtown a lot, uh, you know, to like a food festival or, or a concert. And oh my God, it was just the best, best time to go swimming in Lake Michigan. And uh, so I'm really familiar with the Chicago area. I've even done. Um, our man Wisconsin. And before I went and did our man Wisconsin, I spent a few days in Chicago. And then after that came back and spent a few days in Chicago because my brother lives in Chicago. I go every once in a while to Chicago and you guys are by far like my favorite city to go visit. You and San Francisco together are, are so cool. And the, uh, 
the the email I got when I was like, hey, we're a triathlon shop based out of Chicago. You want to work with us on some advertising? You bet, dude. <laughs> I love it up there. So Amphibian Multisport is actually in Libertyville, which is smack dab in the middle of all this. And what's so cool when I, I started checking out their, their website and uh, talking to the guy uh, in depth, they have a pool. They have a two-lane pool inside, so saltwater pool, by the way, and you can swing by there. And when you're when you're um, trying on a wetsuit, uh, we have a shop that's like this in the Austin area. Uh, they have a, a pool, so when you uh, you're shopping for you know uh, different size wetsuits and different brands, you can actually swim in it, and then then you know you actually know that it fits. So that's the first thing you want to do. And then also, like I mentioned, the uh, the winners in Chicago are uh, very testing. We'll say it nicely, but they have this huge training program where you can become a member, and they have group workouts, group rides, memberships, and you can use the pool and all kinds of stuff. So Amphibian Multisport in Libertyville. Let me pull up their address. I'm just I'm literally over the moon about working with these guys. Uh, bike trainer classes, uh, 130 North Milwaukee Avenue in Libertyville, Illinois. And their website is amphibianmultisport.com. Go check them out. I want them to be a sponsor for a long time. Maybe uh, every, every episode that I mention... Um, amphibian i can tell a story about in chicago i don't know though i was in college <laughs> a little wild maybe i should keep some of those stories to myself i'd go my brother uh we'll start with one my brother went to uh lake forest college and he was varsity captain uh of the swim team and he was a big wig and one of the frats and and i would go on the weekends and hang out with his frat even though I was like a freshman in college and in Lake Forest, Illinois, on on the water. And uh, that was just awesome. Lots and lots of cool stuff. Oh, and I also wanted to mention the Iron Baby is this Sunday. Iron Baby is a self-supported Ironman that I do every year in honor of um, my son. Not in honor of my son being born preemie, but because my son was born preemie, two and a half months premature, I went out and did an Ironman to show how hard I would try if I was given the opportunity to, to do something physical to help. And it's really frustrating uh, with the preemie. You really can't do anything. You have to sit there and, and the nurses and the doctors take care of a lot of it. And uh, so I went and showed what I would do if somebody gave me the opportunity. And I went out and did an Ironman, my first Ironman, and it was hard. <laughs> and I did it all by myself. Um, out of my house, I went to a, a local pool and did the swim. And then I went for a bike ride for 112 miles. And it might've been my first ever 112 mile bike ride probably. And then ran a marathon. It was definitely my first ever marathon. I did it all in a row. It took me around 17 hours and I did it and it hurt. It hurt really, really bad. <laughs> and, but I did it. And then the next year I did it again. And then I think about the third year, Maybe the second year, but definitely the third year, I started taking donations uh, for March of Dimes because they do a lot of preemie work, and it just went on and on from there. So go check out the Iron Baby page. So go to zentrathlon.com slash Iron Baby, and there you will find 
a description of the Iron Baby and a link to donate to the March of Dimes. And it's super easy. All you got to do is donate to the March of Dimes, anything that you want, tweet or something, Facebook, something that you, that you did that. You don't have to say how much. I don't, that doesn't matter. And then um, with a hashtag, Iron Baby, all one word. And then uh, email me at texafornia at gmail.com and I will take uh, the receipts of the donations and accumulate, sum up the uh, total amount of donations and then we can say, after I finish adding it up, then we say how much money was raised for March of Dimes by the Iron Baby. And um, so every year we raise somewhere between a few hundred to a few thousand dollars. It just kind of depends. I haven't promoted it this much this year because I got all wrapped up in training for the Austin race. And the, uh, the other thing we do is we encourage people to come do it with me. And we've had several uh, people now finish the entire Iron Baby with me, Tri-Boomer, uh, King of Pain, uh, M. Christian have all finished the Iron Baby full distance doing it with me. And uh, But you can also do parts of the Iron Baby and uh, because it's a looping course, so you can do as much of it or as little of it as you want. I think uh, Gary might be doing the swim with us. Uh, Phil is uh, doing the full distance with me this year. And um, the other thing is, you can do your own. Do your own self-supported endurance event. It doesn't even have to be a triathlon. Uh, tweet about it and uh, or Facebook about it, but let me know somehow so that I can retweet it. Uh, use the hashtag Iron Baby. Let me know. I'm at Zen Triathlon on Twitter. Let me know about it, and um, I'll retweet it, and we can start doing a global Iron Baby kind of weekend or series of weekends. I've already got two I'm going to mention. Uh, that are going on, and because not everybody can get to College Station, Texas, where I do this, uh, but I also wanted to mention uh, next year we're talking about doing Ultra Baby, which an which would be an Ultraman, <laughs> a full on Ultraman, solo, self supported, uh, here in College Station, Texas, and I know that Morgan is talking about uh, doing it, and. <laughs> He and I have been talking on the phone, and he's amped, man. Three-day stage race, full-on Ultraman distance, which is really, really tough. And then when you're done, you can say that you've done an Ultraman, quote-unquote. So, wish us luck, and it's on Sunday morning, this Sunday, November 9th, and the weather looks nice. I'm pretty stoked about it, and uh, follow us on Twitter uh, my tweet, my Twitter account, uh, the day before the race, Zen Triathlon, will be really active. I'll, I'll be posting pictures while we're out marking the course and stuff. Um, and then the day of the race, follow Zen Tri Nurse, my wife, Emily, and she'll be tweeting uh, pictures and stuff from it. Okay, so let's go ahead and get started with the interview with AJ. Like I said, we talk about all kinds of all kinds of cool things. I had a Nice uh, skeleton list of questions I wanted to ask them, but it's very free-flowing. Free I almost said free-throwing. Free-flowing, uh, kind of here and there, and kind of weaves around, and I try to cover all the bases. Really good interview. You learn a lot about AJ. And let's get started. Here we go. Hey, you there? Yeah, how's it going? <laughs> all right. <laughs> you think we'd have this technology crap figured out by now. <laughs> This is better than on the phone, that's for sure. That's true, man. It's way better. I bet it's way cheaper, too. 
Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody, I am happy to be here with pro triathlete AJ Balco. How's it going, man? It's going well. Thanks for having me. Okay. I I thank you for coming on the show, man. <laughs> you've had a uh following you on Twitter, you've had an interesting uh past past <laughs> few weeks. This road trip that you were on where yeah. you were uh I guess you were traveling from I don't know where, but to Colorado is the is the end point. And yeah. you were yeah. having to uh either tape like duct tape or glue the bumper of your car back onto your car so that car has been across country like 15 yeah. times and like that thing like exploded last time i tried to drive it across country like broke down in colorado got got stuck there for 10 days like yeah basically got like a warranty uh on the, on the engine got an entire like a brand new engine in the car uh, wow. since then, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just been sitting in Florida since then. Uh, so this was the first time I tried to drive it anywhere. And of course, as soon as I started driving it, like the freaking bumpers falling off and like <laughs> everything, but the engine was the engine good. The engine's good. Engine's great. But like the, the outside of that car, it, it's such a piece of crap car. It's just falling apart. So I have like the whole thing taped together right now. It's, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. Because your photos were so funny. Cause at first you were kind of like smiling. Right, and you're like posing next to your bumper that's falling off, and like, how stupid is this? I'm having to do this. It's kind of funny. You're having, you're still having a good time, right? Oh yeah. Well, and, then, and then after a while, the photos quit coming, and then it was just cursing. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun at well. Later that night, I I drove into a low hanging pole as I was going into um, oh no as I was <laughs> as I was going into a um, parking garage, and I had my brand new Quintana Roo. PR6 on top of the uh, car. Oh, ripped crap. the. I probably shouldn't say this, but yeah, I ripped the ripped the bike off the top of the roof. Um, luckily, it ripped the entire rack off the roof, and mm-hmm. the bike just landed like right side up. Yeah. Uh, no damage to the bike. Yeah. The, the handlebars, the handlebars got uh, uh, some 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 paint on them, some yellow paint. Yeah. The bike was fine. The uh, the whole. Uh, the whole rack though is screwed. I had to just leave it there on the side of the road. That happened to a friend of mine's bike, and yeah, it it partially ripped the roof rack off the top of his Mustang and yeah. dented the top of his Mustang. And his bike was fine. It was a mountain bike. And then um, I did it one time with an old road bike, a steel road bike, and it bent the top tube of the of the bike so yeah. that it kicked the front forks out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, then when I, this was before I started doing triathlon. So then my first few triathlons, I rode that thing, um, cause it was a steel frame, you know? So I figured it's probably, it might've even improved it. <laughs> and people are like, wow, dude, you're riding that thing. And I'm like, I, I was so new, you know, I was, doing, I was doing pretty good. Well, luckily that, uh, luckily that road trip, that was pretty much the only hassle, but that was actually, that was the culmination of, of nine weeks straight on the road. Yeah. So... I was more than more than ready to get back here, and then I moved into a brand new place here in Colorado, and uh, you know I didn't I I I haven't had a place in ten years like uh, an actual place like an actual lease, um, so I didn't own anything except for what was in my car. Yeah. So you know I had to buy everything. I had to like you know I spent the last basically two weeks buying like you know forks and pots and pans and a couch and all that crap. So. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty much stuck now. So what so do you what look for in a place to live? Well, I mean, I, most of the people know me. Like, I, I've been all over the place. I've lived in, like, 15 different cities in the last 10 years. 
Um, and usually it's just wherever I can go and get the best training. Um, you know, go down to Claremont, Florida or, or, or Tucson or San Diego or St. George, New Mexico, all over the place. Um, but lately I've been, I've been kind of needing a bit more long-term stability. This year has definitely been one of those years where I just kind of woke up and was like, shit, I'm kind of old now. And like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can't, you know, I can't keep sleeping on people's couches and like, you know, there, there was a time where I had, you know, I slept three months um, at, at a homestay on the couch, you know, there were months yeah. where I slept on blow up mattresses in, in people's basements and, you know, I just can't, I can't keep doing that kind of stuff anymore. So yeah, there's I, a, there's a point where it starts to bother you. Like, yeah, it, sure. Uh, my sophomore year in college, I slept on a blow up mattress for an entire year. Well, like yeah. nine months, whatever you're in yeah. school. And for the bed, I used a door on top of milk crates. <laughs> so I would wake up, you know, like every morning with my back yeah. into the, into a hard door, you know, but at okay. least I was up off the ground, but I mean, geez. Yeah. Yeah. After a while you're like, I can, I can do better, man. This sucks. <laughs> I, guess, I mean, it's a bit scary now that I have like, I'm grounded, you know, I can't just pack up and leave. I got a, I got like a freaking couch and a TV and a table. And Oh and... yeah. Maybe you're going to get like a cabin fever, man. <laughs> I know. Well, no, it's already, it's already started to it's set already in. Started. You're freaking oh, out. <laughs> it's only been two weeks and I'm like, you know, and this is something I've been looking forward to for years. Um, I'm like, I cannot wait to just settle down. And now all of a sudden I am. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Well, at least you got a good bike habit, right? You can go ride your bike for a long ways and get, get the hell out of the out of the yeah, apartment. Yeah. Is it an apartment or is it a house or what? It's a house. Yeah, it's a house. Oh, cool. Outside of, uh, outside of Boulder and Gun Barrel, which is. Oh, yeah. I've been and Boulder, Boulder's insane. No, Nobody could afford to live in Boulder, but yeah, Gun yeah. Barrel is actually quite nice. Yeah, I've yeah. been up there. That's really cool. Yeah. So did you try to find a place that was on like a bike route or anything like that? So, I mean, I mean, I was trying to find a place like just searching Craigslist and like mm -hmm. basically I came, I had a couple places. I came here um, before I was heading to Kona. I came here for two days and I was like, all right, I'm finding a place today. Yeah. And this place that I got popped up on Craigslist. Literally that like the second it popped up on Craigslist, I saw it and I was like, that's the place I want it. Just from like the location, the pictures, I went and saw it. It was awesome, and I didn't even I didn't even check out like exactly how close it was to the trails and stuff. But it turns out like the 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 trail starts like the trail system starts about fifty yards from my house. Yeah, that's so it's, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. Yeah, I can yeah. run like like I don't even know by thirty miles worth of trails right from my doorstep. Yeah, and the coolest thing about that front range, all those cities right there, like especially yeah. Boulder, is like you can do a f easy workout or you can do incline for sure yeah. for sure yeah uh my biggest improvement came when i decided to um uh, change our guest bedroom into a training room oh nice yeah and so you know put a trainer real simple man it only caught i think a total of like like uh maybe a total of a thousand not even a thousand whatever i don't know what a couch costs uh, you know, <laughs> so we got rid of the bed that was in there the guest bedroom because you only have guests rarely sure sure and um uh, like these are like in-laws coming to spend the night or whatever and uh and put in there a sleeping sofa right so yeah. it'll okay and then we put in it's not a big room at all it's real small we put in a treadmill and then my bike trainer nice just a you know just a resistance trainer that was it yeah. and that then, was holy crap the difference it made it's insane yeah. that's uh that's pretty much what we got so i got a two bedroom and we were gonna like i moved in with my girlfriend we were gonna do a uh we were going to do a second bedroom, and I was like, no, 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 I need to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need a trainer room, dude. I need a trainer room. Like, yeah. if I'm training through a Colorado winter, we got to get, like, yeah. uh, 
so right now I have yeah this the second bedroom is just like man cave slash trainer room and it's it's actually pretty awesome I'm I'm definitely digging it yeah so yeah um yeah with all those articles constantly about Andy Potts you know training indoors sure sure yeah there's definitely something to it I mean I don't know like I don't I, you know I I I started in the sport in Cleveland training through the winter you yeah know? you know so <laughs> I, I'm all right with it like I I actually. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, he's from Michigan, right? So he knows. Yeah. 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 So it's I don't know, but I, I don't mind. I'll, I'll ride outside. I'll actually ride outside into the twenties and thirties, but I'll I'll run on the treadmill if it's like under fifty. I don't know what that. I don't know why I do that, but uh, I would rather run on the treadmill inside when it's cold than than ride inside. I just can't stand. Oh the yeah, that's weird. Most people are. Yeah. I'm I'm opposite of that. That's I know weird. most people are. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's see. So you drove from Florida to Colorado. Yeah. For okay. Hopefully, the last time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you never know, man. Things change. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. You were also tweeting a, a new hashtag, um, Fat Pro. <laughs> so you're taking your your off season seriously. You're allowing yourself to to get somewhat out of shape, right? I, I do the same thing every off season. It's yeah. just I keep. I, I must be the age because, like, I you know when I when I first got into the sport, I would do the same thing. I would drink beer and I would just you know have a bunch of fun for a month. And I wouldn't. I gained like three pounds, and now I gain like twenty pounds, and it's all in my ass, and I I like can't fit into jeans anymore, and it's like I don't even. I don't know. It, it must be. Uh, it, it it must be the age thing. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I definitely uh, I definitely uh, do my fair share of uh, 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 of you know fun stuff in the off season, but probably yeah, more yeah. so than I should. Uh, so that leads me to my next question. Um, <laughs> I got a long list for you. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so uh, what do people assume about you that they have all wrong, that they don't know about you? Oh, man. Because well, uh, you have you have to have a brand, right, kind of, as yeah, a pro. Sure and right. you, have, you have a public image with all the social media. Yeah. So what what question do you get, like, all the time where you're like, no, I don't do that at all. What are you talking about? Well, I mean – I definitely, I definitely market my, myself a certain way, and it's it's not like it's untrue. Like, yeah, I don't know anyone that was paying attention when I was down in Kona and like doing the beer mile and having a bunch of fun, and you know, it's not like you know, I definitely get the rap like, oh, that guy definitely likes to have fun. He doesn't take triathlon seriously, but you know, when when the when everything's said and done, and I get back into my routine, you know, I, I work hard. There's no doubt about it. Like, I I work hard, and I think a lot of people just assume that everything I do is just all fun and games and it's traveling and hanging out with, you know, hanging out with girls in Brazil and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it, you know, and no one sees the six months of me, you know, training, you know, day in, day out and, and up until those events. So you're not Lionel Sanders pre-recovery. No, no, not <laughs> at all. I think people, I mean, I think some people think I do and I think like, oh, wow, AJ could be so fast if he, if he did actually train, but like I, I, I definitely do train. I mean, I, I'm sure I could be uh, a bit more serious in certain aspects of training, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's nothing like that. It's not, I mean, maybe I was like that 10 years ago. That's a long time ago too. In the yeah. band-aids, but yeah. like, you know, it's. You know, yeah, I'll have a beer. You know, I'll drink a beer every night in the off season. But uh, once, once, once we get going, I definitely I'm not as crazy as people think I am. Um, I just wanted to to mention to you, um, we did an interview for people that haven't heard it. We did an interview uh, about half a year ago or a year ago, and um, you we played music from your band. Oh yeah, right. 
And people loved it, man. They thought that was great. And then yeah. um, my son took your band cover, that album cover. Yeah, yeah. With all you guys with like mohawks and stuff yeah, that yeah. that uh, that portrait kind of stuff yeah. of you guys leaning against a wall or whatever. And that's his um, that's his wallpaper on his iPad. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. He's so in the triathlon. It's awesome. Uh, that's man. awesome. Yeah. Love... Every time I see that, because it's really his iPad, he plays with it the most, you know. Yeah. And I pick it up and I'm like, oh my, that's so funny. Uh, um, yeah. So anyway, people need to go back and listen to that if they want to hear music from the from the band that you were in. Oh. And yeah. let's see. Um, goals for next year. So at Kona, you made you made a, a splash at Kona, but at the Beer Mile. <laughs> And people loved it. Oh, well, I want to go back even uh, uh, again and say you you tweeted something that was really profound where maybe it was after the beer mile probably and all that craziness and stuff. And Hopefully you, I wasn't still drunk. He might have been. <laughs> but it was a moment of honesty, and that was, that's what was so cool was like, hey, look, I like to party. Yeah. Some. And I'm not going to quit being me, Yeah. you know, to be fake. And that's who I really am. And man, that was awesome. That was actually, uh, I think, got you more credibility than anything else. Is yeah. I, and because everybody, everybody's you know like that in a way. Yeah. And there, a lot of people hide it. And then yeah. you're just well, more honest. I think I think most pro triathletes hide it. I think most people in the spotlight hide it to a certain extent. I mean, that's been a that's been that's created conflict in my life for the last five years pretty much ever since i i turned pro uh -huh. it's like oh you don't want to you don't want to piss off the sponsors you don't want to you don't want to say the f word on twitter you don't want to fight with people <laughs> you don't want to you know what i mean it's just yeah. like and it's not like it's not like every word that comes out of my mouth is the f word like i'm a very educated person but it's yeah. you know sometimes i, I just want to be myself completely and i think that's what you know the, when we got when we did the beer mile you know, we all hopped in the back of trucks and we were blasting music. We went out there and like I had already had four or five beers before that even started. We were we were having fun, you know, and the fact that there was a camera there capturing it was just like and we weren't just nothing. We weren't paying attention to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like when you get me saying, you know, saying the F word and flipping off the camera, joking, I was just playing around with friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, like. Yeah. And yeah, OK, I'm not going to act that way if I was in church with my mother. But it's <laughs> like, you know, this is. This, that's who I am. You know what I mean? Like, there's a time and a place for everything. And and I know some people got. There was a couple people that were, you know, like this. They were coming down on slow twitch. Like, this is bad for the sport. This isn't the kind of. Uh, oh no, not at all. No. I think that's. I think it's bullshit. I think that, that's exactly yeah. the kind of press we need. Triathlon. Think yeah. about. Uh, the, think about how triathlon started. You know, yeah, a bunch yeah. of guys just. It's a rebel. Hey, yeah. yeah, it was you know bar owners and 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 military guys and started were, out on a dare on a bet. Yeah, and yeah. it wasn't like it, it wasn't what it is now, of course. And it's uh, you know triathlon back then kind of probably had that punk rock feeling, and it's definitely lost that. But it yeah. to me, triathlon's still a cool sport. You know what I mean? It's still a fringe sport. Uh, we don't have to act all prim and proper because <laughs> you know. Because yeah. because we're and, and the thing is I don't know what these pro triathletes are even worried about because none of them are getting paid from their sponsors they're getting effing wetsuit or they're getting a, a, a you know a, a pair of sunglasses and a helmet for yeah, free you're not so, losing that much they're not losing money if yeah. they if they be themselves yeah so, yeah I remember um, when I came back from my first 
a few weeks at military school and you talk about language differences <laughs> and uh my mom picked me up from the airport and was driving me home and somebody cut us off in traffic and the language that came out of my mouth at age 15 like <laughs> and i just turned 15 so i was barely out of 14 i'll never forget the look on her face and i was like oh crap i gotta learn how to turn this off <laughs> <laughs> around um, around her you know but you should hear, you should hear me and my, when i get together with my friends from cleveland it's just oh yeah it's, it's the effort back and forth and every other and it's yeah. just the way we grew up talking it's not like it, it's not like we all didn't go to school and it's like we're, we're uneducated so we can't think of other words yeah. it's just it's the culture it's what we grew up with i well see like i think your image comes across as you're edgy but you're not you're you're ed you're ed you're you're edgy but you've got a good heart and good direction so it's yeah. not edgy in a bad way you're not a bad influence you're you're a good influence you're more yeah. like you know like be yourself and look what all you can do yeah yeah it's not i mean it's not like i'm uh, yeah i'm not like breaking laws it's not like no. i'm getting into trouble it's not like i'm a bad person i'm just no. trying to have fun man and i think that that's actually really good for the brand that's actually what a lot of brands are looking for yeah. And, and yeah, is somebody that's edgy, right? Because you're pushing the limit and people are like, man, that's pretty cool. But you're not, you know, causing trouble, per se. I mean, anyone that's out there just being themselves, I think it's gets certain recognition. It's not like, like Andy Potts is out there being somebody he's not. Like that, I think Andy Potts acts exactly the way he is yeah. outside of, you know what I mean? He's yeah, not pretending yeah. to be anything he's not. Yeah. Uh, but I think there are guys in the sport, especially, I mean, guys that I'm good buddies with that are just like, they're really afraid to step out over that line and like uh, say anything that could offend somebody or they'll, they'll, they'll tweet something and then delete it right away. And, and I've done, <laughs> I've done that too, man. I've done plenty of it. Like, Oh, who am I going to piss off? And, yeah. and I realized I'm not going to piss anybody off. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody yeah. does. Not you know? really. So, um, speaking of that, 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 um, the fear of pissing people off when that, um, the Iron Man CEO letter got posted. Yeah. Something in there really kind of freaked me out. The thing that I found not cool was um, the that they can they can tax you, fine you, KPR points. Twitter, the Twitter thing. If if Something if you don't say if 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 they think you're being not nice about the brand, right? Yeah. And I'm like, well, but you're the judge and jury of what's nice and what's right. right. So how do we know what's right or wrong until it's too late? I know. You know, and I didn't like that at all. You don't have to say anything no, about no, that. But no, I was just like, none us, man. None of, none of us liked it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that the WTC does that, that we don't like. And I'm sure there's stuff that, that we do that they don't like. Oh, yeah. Do you think? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both just have to tolerate each other at this point. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. Honestly, like, I would love to just race challenge races or, or, or take a stand until things got better. But there's not any options. You no. Know? If no, I, it would be just another, you know, say challenge was the big people in charge. They would have a different. It would be the same thing. It'd be the same thing. Yeah. Would, Until there's, there's a big change where y'all have some kind of like right. union or something like that. I don't know what the answer is, but. Um, I, I think the yeah. WTC is taking steps forward. I, I like the fact that the fields would be bigger and there's less. Uh, they got rid of some of those races. I, I don't agree with some of the races that they got rid of. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's 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 a touchy subject. I mean, I in the last podcast I did with the real Starkey, I was like, yeah, you know what, I'm going to race challenge this year. And when it comes to like iron distance racing, I'm going to just do challenge. But 
all of a sudden I'm trying to put in some halves and I and I don't know where to go because there's, no, <laughs> there's not enough of them. I can't go to Australia in the yeah, winter yeah. and there's nowhere else to race halves, so I, I have to do Ironman brand. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a choice. Yeah, um, and so that's what people don't understand when they when they give us shit and they're like, you know, if you hate the system, why don't you just step out of it? There's nowhere to step to. Yeah, you know, I like to race. That's it. You know, that's really similar to um, with smoking, banning smoking. And, um, where the, with weight, okay. So with weight staff, they had this big yeah. problem where like the weight staff didn't want to be around people that smoked anymore. Sure. Right. And so, because people were coming down with cancer or whatever, or lung, <laughs> all kinds of things. And they were like, well, go find another restaurant that, that, um, you know, has a non-smoking, you know, right. facility and go work there. And they're, and the person's like, I work in a hundred thousand person town. There's there's ten right. restaurants. That's right. it. There's no that. more. I can't I can't go anywhere else. Yeah. The only option is smoking restaurants. And I'm a waitress. That's what I do. I don't have another profession. Right. Yeah. yeah. This is that's the thing. I'm not gonna go change my job like because I'm upset with the the pro pay or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's you know we're all, all of us. We can all all of us are upset. It's not like yeah. I mean at at this point I feel like I've been around long enough in pro triathlon that I, I know a lot of people and it's not like a couple people are upset. I mean, everybody is upset, but nobody can do anything about it. And we all kind of know that. Mm-hmm. And next to everybody just saying F it and, and not racing, <laughs> which will, will never happen because yeah. we all love to race. Like, you know, I have buddies that even if pro racing went away, even if there was no pro field, they would still race. They yeah. would just race amateur. Yeah. That's why we have age group feel yeah. because people love to race. We're the same way. It's no. I mean, I, I love the fact that I've kind of created a little bit of career in, in this. But if even if I didn't, I'd still be doing the same stuff. Yeah. So you became super famous all of a sudden on top <laughs> on top of being a pro triathlete for this Kona beer mile. <laughs> <laughs> and what was it really like, like doing that? Like I just heard on the podcast that Dave Mira's net worth is like fifteen million dollars. You know, if I knew that when he passed me at Galveston, you know, I would have been like, "Holy crap, that dude's worth fifteen freaking million dollars!" You know, cool, cool dude. Is he man. really that cool to hang out yeah, with? Yeah, yeah, super yeah. cool. We were, and we, we, I mean, he had been drinking, we had been drinking, we were all shooting the shit, and he's talking about, uh, you know, he's talking about Conan. He's like, really, you could tell he's got that. He's been bitten by that bug, and he's oh, like, yeah. he's you know what I mean? And, and yeah. he could be there. He could have raced. Like he could have easily gotten one of those slots. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I don't want that. He's like, I want to earn it. I want to earn it just like the, this guy and just like that guy. You know what I mean? He's yeah, like, yeah I totally. Any, I understand. Any handouts, and yeah. that's why he's 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 a he's a badass dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, he should have done the beer mile, but you know, I give him a pass. <laughs> <laughs> so what what is it? It's uh, it was four laps around a two hundred yard track or four hundred yard track. It wasn't even a track. It it was the like a, it was like a run path. And then, like, we had to cut through, like, the middle of the run path, which was, like, over lava rock. And we had to, like, duck under a tree. Yeah. And there were, like, freaking stray cats running around. And, like... Oh, yeah, yeah. It was not like... Uh, it was not like running out of track. That's for sure. It was... There, <laughs> but uh, it just made the whole thing more fun. Like, the right. whole... So, how did the word get out that you were invited to come do this? Like, no, it, did... it, it was super... It was, uh, it was, it was super, like, on the down low. Like, so people... 
you know, people started, it was all word of mouth because we were, everybody was afraid that like the WTC was going to get wind of it and they were going to like turn it, shut it down somehow. Or like, mm-hmm. you don't know what kind of pull they have in that town. They have a lot of pull in that town. Sure, so yeah, they're the biggest was, thing in town for a while. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So it was quiet and it was word of mouth and it was kind of like, Hey, we're meeting in front of the King cam at five o'clock show up. And it was just like, you know, you had, you had to be invited by somebody, you know what I mean? So yeah. Even the 30 people that came and watched, you know, they had heard heard about it from whoever. And so we all show up in front of the King Cam and like, you know, there were a couple trucks, like the Barnana guys had a truck and we all just piled in the back of trucks and we didn't even know where it was go- we were going. We, we rolled out to the old airport um, and it just like, it just had this feeling like we were doing something like <laughs> super cool, like but probably the same feeling that they got when they did like the first underwear run in Kona. Like, you know, yeah. we're just going to do something outrageous. And like just run up and down a Leahy in our underwear, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, that's what it felt like. Maybe like that first time they did. It. Now it's a, it's a, it's a shit show. It's a spectacle. You have, you know, they're going for the world record. This was like totally like underground. We got out there, and it was, it was one of those things. Is that we did, it, it was quick. It was like, okay, guys, we're starting in five minutes. Like we, we were probably only there for. 15 minutes total yeah uh, we were in and out back you know we did it right at dusk uh back in the trucks and there's like people <laughs> there's like people like doing like karate in the middle of this field and like exercising and you know all of a sudden like 30 people show up with like you know four or five cases of beer and it yeah. was just it was craziness for like 10 minutes it had the feel because this is so cool that y'all caught it on video yeah because you'll have it for the rest of your life this thing and it almost had the feel of like an evening surf, like a sunset surf session. Cause y'all were yes. riding off in a pickup truck or something. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. like a beach bonfire and then yeah. a party. Right. Yeah. It's kind of, yeah. yeah, it was so cool. And then, um, then you got this crazy ass trophy you had to lug around in the, it was like a weather vane or something. <laughs> it was a, it a was a cock. It was a cock. Yeah. It was a cock on top of like a weather vane type thing. Yeah. How'd you get that in your luggage back to Florida? Where'd, where'd oh man, I just, I, I carried that around the airport, man. I was oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I carried it in my, right in my hand, right on the plane. Right. <laughs> People were looking at me like, what the hell is that thing? But, yeah. Where else are you going to put it? Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. I didn't want to get it broken. So, um, goals for next year. Uh, yeah. now you were at Kona. So that kind of gives me the feeling that you're checking it out. You know, what it's, what is it like to race well, there? So in case you do qualify. A second time there. Yeah. Um, I know what it's about. I, I, I want to be there. That's, that's what this is. That's what this has always been about. I've always wanted to be there. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to chase any points this year. Um, my, my brother's actually getting married on the same day as Kona. Um, so I don't even know if I'm going to even be able to be there. Oh, okay. Um, Definitely won't be able to race. So, you know, this I decided that I was going to take a step back and race challenge, race challenge races, uh, and do all my iron distance racing. Do as challenge races, yeah. Um, yeah. and and honestly, I try to just try to win something. Are you uh, going to? Did you get invited to Bahrain? Uh, uh, no, I, I, I honestly, I, I, well, dude, I'm like, I'm like 15 pounds overweight. There's no way I could be in shape for Bahrain, but. Okay. Uh, yeah, I didn't do. I I've never done a challenge event before. Uh-huh. Um, so I know like some of the guys that race like Atlantic City. I think like the top three guys got like invited out there. And oh, um, I didn't know what. They I'm not exactly about. sure how how the rest of it went. If you could just sign up for it or whatever. But um, yeah, I I knew that field was going to be stacked, and and I need to be. I need to really focus on the on the half distance if I'm going to be competitive at all at that distance. Um, and that's the plan for this year. You know, I've been doing. 
oh, I don't even know the three three seasons of Iron no two two full seasons of Iron Man racing. So this would be my third. Um, okay. So how many do you have? How many armors oh, yeah. do you have under your belt now? Six, I think. That's a good number, but you're zeroing in on how to do it. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Well, I, that's the thing is, like, I I felt like I had, I felt like I nailed my first one, um, and, but in the second one, you learn a couple of things that were different, and then like I almost took a step backwards after. Uh, well, I mean, Brazil actually, execution wise, Brazil was my best Iron Man, uh, but. Yeah, it's like I, I kind of took a, a few things for granted over the summer, and I didn't, I wasn't as serious about triathlon this year as I have been in years past. Yeah. Um, I didn't take my weight very seriously. I didn't, I, I did not diet for one second the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up going into Chattanooga like you know six, seven pounds heavier than I was when I raced Brazil, um, and I went in with a run injury. And it was one of those things like I knew I was going to be able to do the race. I, I my swimming was really good, my biking was good, so I thought like I had a chance. But you know, when you get off that bike, no motivation. There's no amount of motivation that can force you to run if you just if you don't have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I want. Yeah, I really want it. Yeah, to run through I that. Want, trust <laughs> me, I want, but like, you know, in in. in in Brazil, when I got off the bike, we were running 615, 620 pace, and it felt good. When I got off the bike in in uh, in Chattanooga, I was running 715s, and it felt like shit. So yeah. it wasn't like I blew up in Chattanooga. I ran like seven-minute whatever miles the whole way, um, you know, but it, it just I, I was never really – as soon as I got off the bike, it was basically kind of over for me. I just didn't, I just didn't have the run fitness um, to do as well as I wanted to there. So but, what's your what's your first race coming up? What are you planning on uh, doing? I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure, I'm not exactly sure yet. I'll probably I'd like to go back and race San Juan again. Uh, uh, okay, yeah. I really I really enjoyed racing there. I got a buddy that lives there. I, I'd love to get back there. Um, I'll probably try and do a couple halves uh, early season, whatever they end up being. They'll probably end up being Ironman brand just because. Um, you know, just because there's no, there's not really many other options. Yeah. And then I, I'm, I'm toying around with the idea of going out and doing Challenge Taiwan. Um, it would definitely be a trip, but you know, it's there's not honestly there's not many early season challenge options either. And I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to wait until June or July to do an Ironman. You know, I want to get it. I want to go it probably in April because um, I'll be six months into my training program at that point, so I'll be ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, the but, more of them you do, I think it depends on the athlete, but I think there's a a lot of us, the more of them you do, you know, you get better. And, like, I was at the point where I was doing, like, one a year. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, my God, if I did, like, two or three, <laughs> I, would, <laughs> I would get so much better because I'm learning so much, like, every single one. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. It, you learn a lot, but it's still, it's, it, you know, Iron, no matter yeah, how you swing the hell out of you, yeah. No matter how you swing it, Iron Man's hard. It's yeah. hard physically but it's it's insanely hard mentally and you have to be in a really good place to to toe the line at Ironman and really give it your best. Yeah. And my my hats off to the guys that can that can throw down four or five a year. I just don't I don't have that mental ability to just put myself through that five times yeah. a year. I think in races where I'm not excited to be doing that. Yeah. That race, I'll probably go up to an hour slower. Just yeah. and not not intend to. It just happens. It's just You have to be hungry for it. Yeah, yeah. you're not as intense. Yeah, and that's the, honestly that's how that's every race that I've ever done one, well at. I was very hungry for you know when I first when I did my first Ironman at Texas last year, I was very hungry for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this year in Brazil, like I was, I was, you know, I didn't have the best lead up to it. I, and I, I got a bike crash in February, broke my wrist, broke my ribs, like had a, actually a pretty terrible lead up to that race. Um, but I was hungry for it. You know what? I really wanted to do well there. I, I prepared, I thought about that race a lot through the off season and like, you know, I, 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 I was successful there. Then, you know, I just didn't have that kind of, I didn't have that kind of drive for the rest of the races this summer, which was honestly, it had a lot more to do with where I was in my a life outside of triathlon mm-hmm. than it had to do with actual preparation. Um, but you know, that actually goes, goes hand in hand with me traveling too much and, and, and not being settled down. It kind of all became a bit overwhelming this summer. Um, and the, and that you know the life stuff translates into triathlon so so quickly and so easily you know yeah, stress is stress stress is stress exactly yeah. yeah so so speaking of training stuff and stress um, lately uh, let's see the past few months I cut down on my volume and started doing a lot more interval training but mm-hmm. with a lot more rest mixed in. And I have just spectacular results from doing this. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you, what what is your mix of interval training versus just like long workouts? Or do you have a particular formula or do you go by kind of what you feel like you need? Um, yeah. Because what's kind of weak at the moment? It's it's honestly, it's, it's, more, it's more about addressing the limiters than anything. Um, you know, when I first transitioned over to Ironman, you know, the main limiter there was strength and endurance. You know, I just, I didn't have the run endurance. I didn't have the strength. Plus I had some deficiencies in my body, you know, I, mu- muscular deficiencies, um, from basically never lifting a weight my entire life. Um, so, so that was like, the, that was the focus then. So I honestly, like for, for probably a year and a half, I, I personally, I didn't do, uh, I could probably count on one hand how many times I did a speed workout, like a, you know, a track workout or something of that nature. Yeah. Uh, it, it was all that long, slow distance and it got me, it didn't get me any faster. I, I was much faster before I started doing that, but it got me better at Ironman. It got me more prepared for Ironman. Yeah. I think it gets you prepared, right? Like mentally sure. and endurance yeah. wise in a way. But now I'm at the point where like, you know, I've, I've gotten, I have six marathons in my legs. Uh, you know, I I don't need the durability stuff as much as I did when I first uh, transitioned into Ironman. Mm. So now it's you know, and this is the conversation I had with my coach Jesse with Kichi too. Um, you know, I I want to get the speed back in my legs, and I think that's the route we're going to go this year is more more interval route. Um, yeah, just using swimming as, as an example, you know, I had to fix a lot of the issues in my stroke before I could really even do any real intensity or or volume in the water. Um, you know, prior to working with Jesse, I would do a ton of volume in the water, thirty thousand a week, thirty five thousand a week, um, and I was getting slower because yeah. I had I had didn't have the correct form. I, I was doing a ton of things wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I switched to Jesse, started doing 10,000, 15,000 a week, which is like unheard of, um, you know, 2,000 yard swims and stuff like that and got way faster yeah. Um, yeah. just because I, I learned how to swim correctly. So now I think I'm at the point now where I've, 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 I'm, I'm able to get back to that big volume. And I think that's where I'm going to go this winter um, just because I've made those corrections to my stroke. And so, yeah, it's. It's definitely a mix of a lot of things. I mean, if you were lacking in, 
you know, if you were, if your durability was good, but you hadn't done speed work in a while, and you start doing speed work, of course that's going to make you better. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, when I first started playing guitar, it was I hold the guitar wrong in my on the frets on my left yeah. hand, and um, so it's wrong technique, and you can get only so good before you hit a limiter. Like you can't play stuff because right. you're not doing it right, <laughs> and you have to un you have to stop and like yeah. undo things and get uh, straight. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. You've got a camp coming up down in Florida. Yeah. Right. So, so how are you going to get back down to that camp? <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely going to fly. But yeah, so so like you know, I started I started the, my coaching company like two years ago. Uh -huh. Um, and you know, last year we did the first the first Clearmont training camp, uh, and we did it we did it a bit different. We ended up doing. Yeah, like five guys, but we did it over the course of like ten days. So it was like it was probably too long, but we 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 did a week long camp, and then we went down to Key West, and we we did a race down there all together, and then we had like this big party in Key West um, at the end of it, and it was it, it was definitely a, a pretty like insane time. But this time we're doing things a bit different. We're you know we're just doing a four day camp um, in Claremont again. Um, but we're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a jam packed four days. I mean, we're gonna be doing a ton of a ton of clinics, uh, seminars. Uh, we're gonna do like uh, open water seminar. We're gonna be doing uh, nutrition clinic, uh, transitions, training with power, um, swim stroke analysis with video, run running analysis with video. You know, so we're just gonna pack all of this kind of stuff in, and then on top of that, we'll be training as well. Um, and then we're going to, you know, we'll end up, we'll end up ending, ending the camp with like a big barbecue and should be a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So, you know, we're trying to get more people to come out and this is, this isn't just for my athletes. This is for anybody that wants to come down and come to Claremont and just have fun, learn, learn more about triathlon, get some video done, you know, get some good training sessions in, um, you know, we'll have like SAG for all the bike rides. We'll have a bike mechanic with us. Um, we're giving out a ton of free stuff from the sponsors uh, of the camp. We'll be giving out like a, a wetsuit and a power meter from stages and stuff like that. So uh, it should be good. So, so the power meter is a big deal. So you yeah, stages and have you been using them for a while? Yeah, so I started with stages uh, two years two years now, uh, two years ago. Okay. Um, you know, I, I had been using power before that. Um, but I always had issues. I, you know, I had I, I was working with the cork before, and I'm, not to say the cork was bad. I, I thought the cork was fine. Um, but when I first started working with stages, I was like kind of blown away by like the, the simplicity of everything. Yeah, uh, how simple it can be. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, and you know, some people freak out at the fact that it's just you know, you're, it's just measuring your left leg. Um, but unless you have some kind of like horrible accident that that creates some kind of weird difference between your right leg and your left leg, like it's reading the same as anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, stages have been awesome. Like now that I'm out in Colorado, it's even better because their, 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 their headquarters is right here. Um, it's like four miles from my house. I can roll over there and, and, and stop in and say hi and see what they're doing. And, um, yeah, they've, they, they've been awesome. They've been, they've been super easy to work with. Um, I, I, my goal for this year is to get more of my athletes using power just because it's it's such a good tool um and it's something that's overlooked by like i feel like it's overlooked by the majority of age group age group triathletes yeah that, i worked with a coach for a while that um he was a high-end coach expensive coach and he and this was 
eight years ago. He's like, I will not coach you unless you have a power meter. Yeah. And people were like, but $3,000. Yeah. Can't you coach me anyway? He's like, no, sorry. I don't do it. It's too good of a weapon to not know how to use. And there's other coaches out there that'll do it without it. So, and I'll give you a list of them. (laughs) I'm honestly, I'm, I'm all for heart rate training. Um, Yeah, me too. My, my guys, my guys could tell you like they'll, uh, the heart rate training is number one. You, you know, even if we have the power meter, uh, and this is the same thing in my personal training, I'll never go out and be like, okay, I need to ride 250 watts for this long. Like, I will look at the power numbers and I'll record them, mm-hmm. but I always ride to the heart rate numbers, and then I just, I just keep track of the power numbers, and I, I like to watch how they change over time, and you know, the intervals this week, how they compared to the intervals last week, and and then when I, when it comes time to race, you have all this data. Um, and then you can set the power zones based on all the data you have all, all year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can, I like to, I like to race in a, a nice mix between power and heart rate. Um, and yeah. I've done both. And then I think that's, they, you got to have both though, because what if your power meter goes out? What if your heart rate goes out? You know? Yeah. Yeah. You have to know anytime it's rare, but anytime I have a piece of equipment like that fail in training, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is act, use it, um, as training. Like, uh, because I've had races where I've had equipment break and you have to go by field. So you need to know, you need to know how to use both or just one or nothing. Just in case. Yeah. Yeah, You have to be be fine going off the field as well. You have to, you have to know what, you know, if you're, if you're, I don't know, bottom of zone two or whatever your zone is that you're racing Ironman is, you know, 145 beats. You have to know what 145 beats feels like, even if you don't have a heart rate telling you what that is. Because yeah. what you're going to do is you're going to get out, you're going to get out an Ironman and all of your, all of your stuff is going to shit out on you and you're going to freak out and it's yeah. going to be like, Oh no, what do I do now? And it's, it's, you've got to race. You know what I mean? You have to, you have to still know how to pace. Uh, even if you don't have a watch telling you what, what to do. Yeah. I had a, a bike computer of my power, power tap, power meter head unit the very beginning of my like second or third ever Ironman, Ironman Wisconsin, just totally conk out. Mm-hmm. And so I had nothing. <laughs> I had no mileage, nothing, you know, and a uh, contact lens fell out and I'm pretty blind. <laughs> so that would be tough. To, that, would, that was a tough, <laughs> tough race. Yeah. I, I, but I'd been training uh, by feel for years. So yeah. I was like, yeah, just, just go. Yeah, yeah. That's Ironman, though. I, I, you have to, you have to expect something to go wrong in Ironman. Cause you just don't go do an Ironman where nothing goes wrong. That's unheard of. Yeah. You know, it's all about, this is something that my coach ingrained in my head before I, way before I even did an Ironman, it was like, you got to roll with the punches. You got to have a tool to, to deal with any issue that comes up. You know what I mean? If you, if your stomach bloats, if you, drop your nutrition, it, whatever. You have to know what am I going to do. If you, if, you, if you go through the aid station and drop all the bottles of Power, power Bar Perform, like, what are you going to do? You're going to grab a water? You're going to freak out? Like, you, know, you, have to, you have to know what to do. Yeah, Ironman, uh, once you get up to like half Ironman for sure, and then Ironman's twice as bad, but it's like uh, it's how well you do in one of these longer races is literally how fast – you can respond with the correct response yes. to the several things that are going to go wrong. Uh, the um, the half that I just did in Austin, my uh, front tire blew out in transition area uh, even before the race started. So it's like, what do I do? You know, yeah. and how fast can I can I do it? And in just minutes, several minutes, I had a new tube in there. You know, mm-hmm. and then um, 
on the run, it was like, oh, my stomach hurts. What do you do? You know, and and that was just a half. And those are the two things that went wrong. I'm trying to think. That's, those yeah. are, honestly, when I talk to like when I talk to my athletes before they race an Ironman, that's like the number one thing I like try to ingrain in their heads is like, and, and this is actually I give them like I give them scenarios, scenarios, and I, I have them you know go through the scenario like if this happens, what are we gonna do? Like what's our what's our tool? How are we gonna fix it? And more importantly, like how are we gonna stay positive as we fix it? Because it's so easy to get negative during an Ironman. Um, oh yeah. If yeah, you race yeah. with negativity, you'll never, I mean, that's one of the things that I struck. I think that I talked to you about this last time, uh, I did a podcast with you. It's the mental stuff, but like, you know, if you allow yourself to let negativity into your race, it, it's going to snowball, snowball. It's going to bring you down. You have to remain positive no matter what happens, mm -hmm. flat tire, you know, drop nutrition, whatever. Yeah. If you have like a, not just a plan B, but a plan B and a plan C for sure for every kind of scenario. Uh, in a in an Ironman, then yeah, it's a lot easier to to um, keep that positive mental attitude, and you go through it in your head like this is this could happen, you know. That's why you carry two spare tubes. Absolutely, you know? yeah, carry and, two CO twos, you know, yeah. just simple stuff. Yeah, and then that way, if it, if it happens once, that's okay, and then your race still isn't ruined because you still got another backup. And um, uh, yeah, at, at Austin, it was like the run was so freaking hot, but I had a plan. I'm right. like, if this run gets brutally hot, what are you going to do? And I already had a plan in mind. But that comes from the from the racing, right? you got to race kind of frequently in a way so that you have some experience. Sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just, you know, honestly, it's, just, it's, it's assessing the need at the point in the race and then determining, you know, can I, can, I, can I deal with this need right now? Can I fix it right this second? If you can't, you just take a mental note and you fix it when you can. You know, if you, oh, I have a cramp. I don't have any salt. You're not going to freak out and start walking. You're going to you're going to wait till you get to the next aid station. You're going to try and get salt or some Gatorade or a banana or whatever. Yeah, um, it's really yeah. cool. It's what it trains in, in you is like thinking on your feet constantly. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So how do people um, get in touch with you? Let's see for your coaching. Yeah, so yeah. How do they get in touch with you for that? So well, we got a website. It's uh, AJB Coaching at um, sorry AJBCoaching.com, uh, and then they can email me as well AJBCoaching at Gmail dot com okay um, and either those ways and then uh about how many people are you coaching a year i read you know last year i was up to like 18 19 um this year i'm trying to keep it around 15 i personally have space for you know one or two more people right now um but i have two other coaches that that work for me uh ryan mccready he's got like 10 athletes uh maybe 11 something like that uh, and then I just hired um, Leslie Smith, who won Austin seventy point three. Uh, just uh, oh yeah, up. yeah, yeah. So she's uh, she's all trained. She's ready to start taking on athletes. She's going to be an awesome coach. Uh, so basically, just kind of kind of trained her at, in the, into our system, just so everything's pretty uniform. Um, but yeah, I was really I was really looking forward to trying to hire a female coach this year because I yeah, thought I would yeah. just bring something extra oh, you know, totally. to the service. Yeah. So yeah. really excited to have her working with us. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, we realistically can take, you know, probably 10 to 15 more athletes this year. Um, and they're definitely starting to trickle in. Um, I think we're at about 30 right now total. Mm -hmm. Um, but once once January February comes around, we'll probably, that's when we'll probably lock it down and we'll probably have around 40 to 45. Cool. Yeah. Well, Anybody that can win that Austin race is somebody you want to talk to. For sure. <laughs> that for race sure. is hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. she's yeah, so she's yeah, she's she's gonna be she's gonna be perfect working with us. So okay, and then how do people get details on the camp? Like how yes. do they sign up for that? The camp is all on the on the same website. So ajbcoaching.com. Uh-huh. Um, there's just a there's a, a a tab called Tri Camp. All the details are right there, um, and then they can register right from our website as well. Cool. That's the easiest way to do it. Awesome, man. Is there anything else you want to get out there before we hang up? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. Covered it all? No news? No nothing? I think that's uh, – yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I, I mean the, the, camp, the camp should be really fun. Um, yeah, I you saw know. somebody tweet that they, they, they're not, they don't even want to go to the camp. They just want to go to the party at the end. <laughs> No, I mean it'll it'll be a good time. All the all the guys that I coach are they're they're an extension of my personality. You know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody's going to hire me as a coach if they're if they're offended by a little beer drinking and you know. Yeah. So it's it, it it'll be a fun time, especially with everybody getting together. Oh, you'll like this. I'm doing the um I'm doing the Iron Baby, which is a self-supported Ironman that I put on every year. Um, I'm doing it in just a few days on Sunday morning. And the guy that lives across the street from me, he, a few years ago, he started his own brewery, and it got really successful. And so for the, for the past few years, he's been our, one of our title sponsors, is a brewery. Oh, no. How many people? Is it just you, or do other people do it with um, you? Oh, it's other people, too. I think this year we just got two doing the full distance, and people can do parts or whatever, you know. Um, and it's uh, uh, it's really cool to have the main aid station in your front yard. And yeah. then a keg out there. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to get people to show up when you're like, there's free beer. It's cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just yeah. make it a party. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. That's that's how they get uh, – that's what they get down, down racing in Claremont. You know, all those all those triathlons down in Claremont, they'll uh, uh, they'll have uh, – they'll get, you know, a keg or something out on the on the run course and have a party at, at, at the guy's house, you know, that runs the aid station. Yeah, that's how to do it, man. It's, it's the way to go. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. That's good. All right. Thanks, AJ. It's really cool having him on the show. We talked a little bit after the interview, too, about podcasts and how he gets some training done and all kinds of neat stuff. So he is definitely um, an up-and-comer and has some cool stuff going on. So go check out his camp. Uh, I also wanted to mention... Amrita bars. We're going to go in the training log here, and I'm going to talk about these extra tips from Austin. And I wanted to mention Amrita, AmritaHealthFoods.com, and they are my go-to snack. So what I do is I go online, go to AmritaHealthFoods.com, and I order a crapload of boxes of food, <laughs> of bars, and then I put them in the pantry. And when I'm hungry, I can eat one of these and just totally confident that I don't have anything to worry about whether it's healthy for me or not. And even though it's a an energy bar and it's uh, a lot of carbs, it's also a ton of fiber because of the dates in it. So it's not a uh, high and then a crash. It's just a nice flow of energy and it's a good afternoon snack. It's a good morning snack. It's a good pre-workout snack. Oh, yesterday's swim, I had an Amrita bar on the way to the pool uh, with some coffee, and wow, man, that was a really, really good uh, pick-me-up and gave me a lot of energy uh, throughout the swim. They 
give you 15% off if you do discount code ZEN, all caps. Go to amritahealthfoods.com, discount code ZEN, gets you 15% off, man, that's a ton. Whew. Okay, let's go ahead and get started with the training log with the extra tips and such from Austin. Here we go. You are entering the Zentrite training log zone. Kuneli. Hi everybody, my name is Brett, I'm a triathlete. I decided it's time I got some friends more suited to my status. But Joe, we've been friends for years. Hey, we all make mistakes. Come on dudes, let's go exercise. Exercise! Yeah. I'm gonna do sit-ups till I poop myself. Alright, training low. Woo! Okay, so this one really isn't so much uh, the training that I'm doing because really between the Austin race and the Iron Baby, really don't do much. I, I've swam and bike some, but nothing, um, nothing particularly interesting going on there. But I do want to mention quite a few things. Uh, Tawny Prazak's podcast with Mark Sisson, or Sisson, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he talked about polarized training, and I don't even know if he actually called it polarized. But he was talking about that after um, kind of retiring as a pro, he figured out that you just go easy and then mix in some hard stuff here and there. And um, he was keeping up uh, easily with uh, and beating some other pro triathletes and that it's a much more sustainable way of training. That's something I've been harping on lately. You should definitely go check out that podcast. Um, let's see. Oh, during the Austin race, uh, Emily commented... Uh, well, after the race, she said that um, she and Kai were out on the run course, and um, as I ran by, I would give them a high five every once in a while. Well, kind of more like a low five, because <laughs> you're running, and uh, and Kai is only like four feet tall. But um, one time, I gave Emily a uh, high five, and she said uh, that my hands were freezing. And it was 90 degrees out there. So how are my hands freezing and then what impact does it have? Again, the thing where you put ice water in a bottle, a, a bike bottle, while you're doing the run. You get one of the like 12, 16 ounce, yeah, I think they're like 16 ounce bike bottles, like a Gatorade or a or uh, whatever brand bike bottle. And then as you go through aid stations, you pour ice water in it and then you dribble it over your head between aid stations to keep cool. So Emily could, even Emily could tell how cool I was um, compared to the heat outside, which has a huge difference in um, in how you're going to perform because you're keeping cool to the point of where she said my hand was actually freezing. She could tell just from a high five, right? So that, that's a, just a moment of contact. And that's how much cooler I was uh, than the competition, which has a big impact on your finishing time. Okay, let's see. I have a disc wheel on the back of my bike, but I wanted to let people know yet again, it is a wheelbuilder.com disc wheel. And it costs like 80 something dollars. That's it instead of thousands of dollars for this disc cover. And then uh, actually what it does is um, you get two benefits. You, you get the benefit of a disc which will save you, let's say, a minute or two over a long bike ride. And then, maybe not that much, maybe 30. But anyway, well, there's three benefits. Another one is it looks freaking cool. And then um, the last one is that 
A disc wheel, a lot of people don't like them because the ride quality can be really harsh with a real disc because it's so rigid and it uh, annoys your back, for example, on a long ride. It's too harsh of a ride. Well, this, you get the ride quality of a spoked wheel, which absorbs a lot of the, um, of the uh, vibration and uh, the, a lot of the jarring effect and because it's a spoked wheel, but it just has a disc cover on it. So... Give wheelbuilder.com a consideration for their disc wheel. Maybe you want to do that. Super, super cheap way to uh, get the best of both worlds. And let's see, there's a good interview on the Real Starkey podcast with um, Dave Mira. Uh, He mentioned uh, with his training, he said, the faster you go, the less you need to work out. And I want people to think about that. The, the faster you go, the more distance you cover in training, right? Well, the distance of the race you're training for doesn't change. So the more distance you cover in training in the shorter amount of time, the, the more effective you are in managing your time. And now the more time you have to rest and uh, go to work and nap and recover and all kinds of stuff because the race distance isn't changing. <laughs> it's still 70.3 miles. But now you're getting the training in. Uh, I always joke about uh, Chrissy Wellington's like, why would anybody need more than a three-hour bike ride? Well, because she's so freaking fast, she's probably doing 100 miles in three hours, right? But think about that. Um, when I started getting faster at running by doing interval work, I got faster. And then I noticed that I was knocking out uh, seven miles in an hour, right? And I'm still only running an hour in the evening, but now I'm getting closer to my 50 miles of, uh, of, of running in a week without, um, adding any more time by actually, instead of going slower and more and more and more volume, actually work on getting faster and you can get more distance in, uh, in the same amount of time or less time. Okay. And then the upside is it gives you more time to do other things besides go train. And let's see, um, We did the race on Sunday. I had a day of work and then I had to turn around and go to two days of meetings in Austin for work, work, work uh, in a basement of a government building. (laughs) So that was interesting. And my legs were sore and um, I don't know, it was just kind of cool. And then, um, well, it wasn't cool, but it was interesting. The age group or life, you know, these things that you got to do. Like uh, another thing is I've got the Iron Baby on Sunday and I was going to run last night, but I had to help with Kai's um, homework all night because uh, he was behind. And there goes a, there goes a, a critical running day. And uh, these are the kind of things that add up. So if you're an age grouper out there and you're frustrated, you can't get more training in, hey, we're all dealing with it. It's all right. And let's see. I talked to Emilio DeSoto over email. He's actually on an older podcast and that I did with him. He is one of the biggest deals in triathlon that you can possibly imagine. He has come up with more innovative products. The, the DeSoto line um, is so innovative uh, for things that they've brought to triathlon. I think they invented arm coolers, for example. And it just goes on and on. And um, I need to get a DeSoto vest Right, so if you buy the DeSoto T1 wetsuit, it's a two-piece wetsuit, and what's so cool is you can go from full sleeve to uh, to sleeveless, right, with just a different top. You don't need two different wetsuits. You get the same wetsuit but two different tops, 
Um, so you can actually save some money there. And so I emailed him because he sponsored me with a wetsuit a while back after I swam across Lake Tahoe. He was like, he was like, okay, that's impressive. <laughs> we'll give you a wetsuit. It's like swimming across the English Channel. And he's like, he's like, that's cool. We'll give you a wetsuit because my I was wearing a two times U wetsuit that just killed me. Uh, it hurt so bad because I'm so tall and it uh, it cut into my wrists of all things and uh, and into my armpits and stuff. And um, the Desoto won't do that. And um, so anyway, I want to get a vest top because um, I swim a lot better in sleeveless wetsuits than I do in sleeved. Personally, I just like them better. And in Texas, it's usually warmer, so you, you don't often need a full sleeve wetsuit. We might I might wear the full sleeve for um, for uh, the Iron Baby because it depends on the water temperature. If it's warm enough, I'll just wear uh, uh, sleeveless. I've got an, ex, an old X-Tar sleeveless that's fallen apart, right? And so um, Emily said, well, before you go buy the vest, why don't you email Emilio DeSoto and see, didn't they sponsor you one time? Maybe you can uh, get a get that vest uh, out, of, out of them with uh, just an email. And so I emailed him and he said... Um, well, actually, we're kind of low on stock like right now and because it's wetsuit season, but I can give you a discount. It was a big discount. And I, and I said, thanks, man. That's really cool because, you know, I'm just an age grouper. So I said, hey, thanks. And, um, and I'll mention you on the show and all kinds of stuff. And, and I do mention DeSoto on the show a lot. And then I said, um, by the way, <laughs> check this out. Um, I don't know if I ever told you, but I swam 2.4 miles open water across Lake Bryan and back, um, all butterfly in one of your wetsuits, uh, the full sleeved wetsuit. That's how much flexibility there is in, in the shoulders of these things and what you can do with a two-piece wetsuit. Um, go try to swim butterfly in a wetsuit, a sleeved wetsuit, and watch what happens. It is brutal, right? Well, I did it for 2.4 miles across Lake Bryan a year ago. And, and Emilio emailed me back. There was this long pause and then he emailed me back and he goes, holy crap, that's pretty rad. <laughs> I've swam a mile open water butterfly, but I've never done 2.4 miles. That's legit. And I was like, thanks, man. I like to over deliver. So um, that's on a blog post about a year ago. There's photos of me doing that. And I'd like to give a shout out to uh, DeSoto Wetsuits and um, for sponsoring Zen try and helping us out as much as we can. It really is just a fantastic wetsuit. And the fact that it's two piece is awesome. So go check that out. Yeah. And, um, I need to get my arms pulled. My next project on my bike fit is to get my arms pulled together closer. They're spread out at the elbow and the wrist a little much. Um, and I'd like to pull them in. I don't know if I can do that with the same bike, the uh, diet results. So I've talked a lot about eating high carb uh, before, during, and after uh, workouts, and then immediately tapering off and then eating like super healthy. It is fantastic. I'm continuing to have really great results. I'm never hungry. I, uh, I feel like I'm getting fantastic workouts in. I'm putting on muscle. I'm having these weird symptoms of body composition change. Like my even though I weigh the same, my uh, my watch band is getting looser on my wrist, which means I'm losing body fat in like areas where on me it seems to collect or something. And um, 
even though I'm not hungry, I'm staying the exact same weight. I'm actually eating all I want. And, um, let's see. Yeah. My waist is, uh, trimmed up and I just feel so happy. I, I feel like I've got it figured out and it really, really is nice. And one of the things is to eat a little bit more protein, um, uh, during when you're eating healthy away from the workouts, up the protein a little bit. And that seems to be really nice. And yeah, I'm just stoked about that. Oh, on the, uh, on the, uh, half iron man, I'm wearing this Amrita Jersey. And before I've had it where it'll, uh, ride up on my, uh, belly just a little bit to my midsection and it'll expose my lower midsection because I carry a little bit what if I carry fat that's where I carry it I have a little spare tire that likes to grow around my uh, lower abs and um, this race I've been eating like this for quite a while now and this race my jersey never rode up it just fit perfectly and that's another weird symptom of body composition uh, changes uh, it's really cool and then also in the race pictures from Austin, uh, the style of training, the polarized intervals, um, carbs during workouts, uh, getting away from carbs, away from workouts, uh, has, um, it's put on muscle on me. And then in this, in these race pictures, you can, you can tell I look, I look stronger and I, I definitely look, um, energetic and happy my finish line photos my running photos i actually look like i'm running and uh i look strong and and it's uh it's it's definitely different than a lot of races where you start coming apart and you're just trying to hold it together and you can tell in the photos you know the body composition's different and uh like maca would say you know he can tell going into a race whether or not people are um overtrained, too skinny. Uh, they don't have enough muscle on them. They've lost too much fat. Uh, Brett Sutton says the same thing. And, um, in these photos, of course, I'd always like to be leaner and, and, uh, you know, have six pack abs and all this other stuff. But in these photos, man, I just look so much better and, and I really like it. So, uh, there's a finish line photo of me on the blog at zentrathlon.com. Um, between the race, I, uh, well, after the race was over, like I was saying, I was really sore in my hamstrings and, um, that's from running uphill on the, on the run course and, uh, the timing of the Austin half and then the iron baby, it was pretty much to take two weeks off and, um, not really train that much, just kind of sporadically. And then, um, because, and use the Austin half as training for the full, the iron baby and, that seems to be working out pretty good. Um, otherwise, if I'd started doing too much, then uh, the Iron Baby would, I would be uh, sucking it up big time. <laughs> um, polarized uh, training is not minimalist training. I wanted to mention that. Uh, there's still plenty of volume in polarized training, so you don't have to worry about trying to be... Uh, polarized is not a catchy phrase, uh, trademark... Um, this one crazy tip will make your doctors hate you, you know, uh, and grow your penis size or something like that. It's not like that. Polarized has been around forever and it's very effective. It seems to have been lost lately and it's coming back to the surface. So there's lots out there on how to train polarized. Um, Jordan Rapp, I sent him a tweet asking um, his fueling for his races and he tweeted back um, the link 
to his fueling plans. He's sponsored uh, by a fueling company, so he tweets out uh, links to what he um, used. And um, my question to him was, hey, do you actually eat fat during the race or not? Because you could add like coconut oil and stuff like that. And he said, no, not during the race, but plenty the morning of. And what that is, is it's been proven that if you eat fat then your body starts metabolizing fat. It triggers uh, uh, fat uh, burning. <clears throat> just like uh, carbs, if you ate just straight carbs, you would um, you would go into just a carb-burning frenzy and probably run out of energy pretty quick, right? You have a high and then a crash. So fat burning uh, gives you stable energy. So what you do the morning of the race is you make sure there's plenty of fat in what you're eating. So let's say whole fat milk, some coconut Coconut milk, coconut oil, um, something kind of greasy maybe. <laughs> Not so greasy, you need to go number two. But um, consider that, that um, his breakfast before a race has uh, plenty of fat in it. And it kind of gives you, gets you started on a level energy for a long day of, of uh, training. Level energy level. level. And I think that's it. Oh, my uh, caffeine trick. Okay, so you can... Order matcha powder or maca matcha. Anyway, green tea powder. And then you can spoon it out of the bag. If you go to Amazon.com, you can order it. Because I went to the store and tried to find it. And it's pretty hard to find. Uh, for whatever reason, grocery stores don't carry this um, in Texas. And probably maybe other parts of the world, it's pretty common. But basically, green tea powder is actually an ingredient that people add to foods. I don't know what food, but to give it a little caffeine kick and a green tea flavor. And um, green tea is actually pretty healthy for you, and it's loaded with caffeine. So in my fuel bottle for the race, I did 400 calories per hour, and I did a couple, um, about a third of a tablespoon. I don't know if it was even that much of matcha powder, green tea, green tea powder, right? And then shook it up, you know, it's all in there. So I've got a level of caffeine in there that's good for the entire race, or at least the bike portion and kind of into the, into the run some. And I've got to say green tea powder, matcha powder is a energy it's, it's a kind of caffeine that is nice, man. <laughs> it's really good stuff. It makes you feel good. And um, you know that it's actually pretty healthy because it's green. And actually, green tea has, uh, I think it's got some fluoride in it. Uh, so it's, uh, green tea is actually good for your teeth. And maybe it, maybe it helps cut down on a little of the tooth damage from all that sugary fuel. But I do this all the time. I, do, um, uh, I go out on a long bike ride. Instead of messing with caffeine and, and caffeinated gels, all that synthetic kind of crap that they put in there, I do a green matcha powder in, in my stuff. And sometimes when I make a green smoothie, I'll put a green matcha powder in the green smoothie, right? Because it's green. And it really works. So uh, I know that Tawny goes out and uh, gets some of this matcha powder. You can do a spoonful of it into a cup of hot water and you've got green tea. Uh, it's really good stuff. There's two different levels of it. There's like culinary grade and then there's a ceremonial grade which is just, you know, how nice of a good quality tea it is. If you're really picky, you know, you get the ceremonial grade, I think. But basically it's the same, same kind of stuff. And you can find it on Amazon.com and have it delivered straight to your door, and it lasts a long time. 
So definitely try that out. Okay, let's go back. I think we're done with the training log and we need to wrap up the show. Go back to my show notes. And, oh, we need to read donations and tips. Let's see. And let's get over to those. i got a long list of donations. Okay, you can help support the show. In, oh, wait, no, I had a couple more uh, things. <laughs> no, one more thing. Um, there's a running tip. If you're really tall, like I am, I'm six foot three. Uh, I came across uh, running cadence stuff, and uh, I've always been struggling trying to get my run cadence into the low 90s, um, like they say it should be. Well, it turns out if you're tall, high 80s is, is about as good as you can get. And I'm like, oh, well, that explains a lot. <laughs> so. I've always suspected that, and uh, it's true. So if you're uh, if you're on the taller end of things, um, the closer you can get to the the 80s in uh, your run cadence. So that's I thought I'd share that with people. Okay, donations. You can support Zen and Yard of Triathlon by going to the left side of the page, zentriathlon.com, and there's a donation link. And if you donate to the show, I mention your name, and also you get the chance to send an email in, and I'll read it off and uh, give you um, some props, and people love having their name read off on the show, and I love doing it. And your donations um, totally support Zen and the Art of Triathlon, and it goes straight into the gear. Emily leaves the donation money alone, (laughs) and it goes right into buying gear and equipment and bandwidth and all kinds of stuff for triathlon training, which you all all know is not cheap. So I can't tell you how much I really, really appreciate uh, show donations. There's You can do a one-time donation or you can become a recurring donor. And let's read some of them off here. Uh, and then also we got a, we got a couple notes for some people. And uh, Miko Nyman, I hope I'm saying Miko right, M-I-K-K-O is a donor, uh, Biros Fetsis, how's it going, man? Donation, Dwayne Morin, how's it going? Daniel Stark, longtime donor. Vince Hancock, thank you. And then we have one with a note from Michael, the determined German Kaiser. Okay, hey, Brett, I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. Oh, he ordered horny juice. I'll tell you about that after this. Uh, Thank you for asking. Austin was my first 70.3 last year. I met your wife on the bike course. Uh, Emily did, it, did the um, Zentri nurse did the 70.3 last year. And I met you and Kai on the run course. It was a tough race last year. Yeah, man, that was hot and humid last year. Uh, but I heard from my tri-club members this year was even rougher. No, nah, I think last year was harder. Um, I am finally back in consistent training after a two-month break due to patechia tendinitis. Ugh, that doesn't sound good. And uh, have a great weekend, Mike. Thanks, dude. Um, yeah, Austin was kind of a rough court. It was raining at the start last year. And thanks, Mike. And you can order Hornet Juice by going to the right side of the page. And that's the same thing. You get a uh, crazy, awesome working uh, protein powder mix that enables fat burning really well. And it's uh, hornet juice. It's made from the Japanese hornet <laughs> saliva uh, formula. It is really crazy how this stuff works, and it works really well. I get a ton of uh, return uh, buyers come back, and the the uh, you get something cool, 
and the uh, funds that I get from it uh, go right back into supporting Zentri. And I send you an email when I send it to you asking how you're going, how you're doing, and what's going on. And that's what this is right here. I reply. Cool. So you get an email from me. And I, I read your stuff on the show. So that's another opportunity to support Zentri. And let's see. I got more over here. Hold on just a second. All right. We have Jason Drury. How's it going? Brian Kemper. Todd Endicott. Dan Machia. Or Machia or Machia. And then we have Jonathan Dodd. This is a cool one. Thanks, Brett. This is my second order of Hornet juice. This stuff is bomb diggity. <laughs> I really enjoy your podcast. Keep up the good work. Cool, man. Thanks. And Jessica Woodruff, Allison Frutos, M. Webb, Keith Burtis. What's going on, dude? Listen to his podcast, the Do You Try podcast. D-U, as in duathlon. Patrick Beyer. Let's see. Hi, Brett. I have been enjoying your podcast for over a year now. I love the way you don't take things too seriously, just seriously enough. I'm, that's right. Remember, <laughs> I'm a serious triathlete, <laughs> but I do take things seriously enough, but no more. And I really appreciate the fact that you are not pitching a single solution and remain very open to new ideas and adapting your perspective as you learn more. That's exactly right on. I'm glad you picked up on that. I have a question for you that is simple, but simultaneously stubbornly complex. What is the optimal way to lose weight steadily while training regularly? Um, by way of background, I started cycling uh, three years ago, working up 200 mile, 220, 200 miles per week. Whoa! Over the course of two years of training, beginning last summer, I started running swimming regularly and found out that my endurance from cycling translated over very well. That's true. I ran my first. I'm reading all this so we get a background on how much he's working out to see what he's doing um, to lose weight. Anyway, uh, my first. Things that seem possible three years ago, over the past three plus years, I brought my weight down from 245 to 205. Good job, dude. And then would like to get down to 175. Um, uh, I've hard. Okay, so basically, I'm reading a little bit more here. He's had a hard time getting past that point. Uh, sometimes we'll gain weight and routine or uh, intensity. Okay. This is what's this is what I've learned over the years because I had the same thing. I used to weigh two thirty five to two forty, and I got down to about one ninety five, and then couldn't get any further. And so I've I've this happened to me too, and I stayed there for years trying to figure out what it was. And then um, so what got me down to um, well, one thing I did is I then. To break through that, I went vegan, and then I was starving all the time. <laughs> but vegan, like with, with veggies, not vegan as in because Oreos are freaking vegan. But and so uh, you know, no meat pizza. I'm talking about. I went like super healthy vegan, and I went. I got down to one sixty eight or something like that. But then I was starving all the time, and um, so that's not really the way to do it. That's not sustainable. Um, I'm not saying vegan isn't, but. Um, basically not eating enough calories. And then, uh, I was, I was hungry and I was tired all the time. So what I, after quitting that after a while, I tried to figure out what to do. And then, um, what's worked for me is doing intensity. So doing intervals, he mentions that he's kind of doing that, um, later in his email. Um, 
so what I started doing was intervals, really hard intervals, but short during workouts. And then, um, and, but then you have to make sure that you do more rest because you can't do the same amount of volume because it sounds like you're doing tons of volume. Um, what's, what's happening is you're doing tons of volume and you're probably eating lots of carbs just kind of around the clock to uh, fuel that volume, well, then that stimulates your body to store some of that as fat because it's just, uh, and, and the intensity probably isn't strong enough. Um, and it's just lots of volume, kind of moderate intensity and a lot of, you need a lot of carbs to fuel that, but then, um, uh, your body stores those carbs as uh, extra fat. And so, cause it's a hormonal kind of thing and you can't win <laughs> against that. So what I figured out is, um, less volume so that you can do more intensity. And then the intensity you do really freaking hard that puts on muscle. And then, um, you time your carbs with your workouts. And then, um, as you get away from your workouts, what I've been talking about, you eat healthy and then you'll start to notice you put on more muscle that burns the, um, the extra carbs off um, around the clock and you get more sleep and everything. So you, now it's, it's more like carb timing along with your workouts with intensity, puts on muscle, trims your body up and you lose the extra weight and gets you lean and, um, stronger and sleeping better and all kinds of cool stuff. So I want you to give that a try. I mentioned, uh, on Twitter a while back that I can do phone calls. If people want to call me and we talk about, um, your exact thing, then uh, you can do that. Just send me an email. And he said, P.S. I really like the Zentri office hours idea. That's what I called it. I'd be eager to pick your brain in more detail once you get that going. It's going, dude. Give me a call. <laughs> I'd love to do that. Um, and then we can. I can give you examples of like exactly how to do this. Uh, and it's worth trying, man. You got to keep trying things until you find something that works for you. And the same thing doesn't work for everybody. You know, it's just like music. Some people are motivated by one kind of music. Like uh, I love listening to heavy metal uh, before to get me in the mood to work out and during a workout. And some people that they would rather uh, get hit in the head with a baseball bat. And uh, they have their own kind of music. So you got to find what works for you. Um, ah, where my donations go? Uh, Carrie Honig, Honing, um, Brooks Green in Nebraska. <laughs> I love Nebraska. Uh, Connor Sanders. And John Schreiber and William Beck, all donors. Let me read those again. Carrie Honing, Brooks Green in Nebraska, and Connor Sanders and John Schreiber and William Beck. All, all of you, thank you so much for donating to Zen and the Art of Triathlon. It's a big deal to uh, help support this show. And that you guys... And girls that donate, guys to me is just kind of everybody. Um, you, you supporting the show is so nice, and it gets me so motivated to share more and more stuff that I've learned over the years with you, so that you can go out and have kick-ass workouts. If you found that the stuff I mentioned on this show helps you get training done, consider going to zentrathlon.com over on the left-hand side and uh, throwing a donation. Uh, the way of the show, and it really does help. Okay, I think that's it for this episode. No, I had an email from somebody that is doing a um, their own self-supported Iron Baby um, where they live, I think over in England. Let me dig it up real quick. I want to read that before we go. 
Okay, got the email. This is from, let's see, Scott Turner. And where did he do it? Well, uh, Maryland. So Scott Turner sent me this. This is really cool. Iron Baby Near and Far Campaign. Hey, Brett, I am writing to make a submission to the Iron Baby Near and Far Campaign. As you may recall, I raced Praise Man this past weekend, a 70.3 of my own creation. Hell yeah, dude. This is awesome. Well, the results are in. I wanted to share them with you as per your request on the show. Before I give you my numbers, I wanted to share two important points of information. Here's your qualifiers right here. Once, these numbers come from the timestamps on photos and my text messages my family slash support crew were sending throughout the day. Unfortunately, as I was coming out of T2, my watch froze almost literally. Don't worry, it's not a Sunto. <laughs> and the file carrying my race times was corrupted and lost. That's all right. Um, because he's got photos and friends that were there. So, so, um, Scott, write your stuff down and, um, and keep it somewhere so you have it. And, um, let's see, the file camera is corporate law. So using other means, we pulled together the times with accuracy that I feel is pretty strong, very strong on. He says, uh, second, my race was under some extreme conditions. I knew I was going to be cold here in Maryland. Average temperature for race day was 47 degrees. But what I didn't count on was the wind. I was fighting through such a constant head crosswind of 10 mile per hour uh, that I was hit by gusts as much as 25 miles per hour in that cold. There was a moment where I actually thought a gust of wind was going to take my bike out from under me. Yeah, now you got a real race, buddy. <laughs> Good job, dude. Yeah, that front was pretty crazy. I heard about it actually coming through the East Coast. Okay, enough babble. Here's my times. Swim, 31 minutes. Very respectable, man. Good job. T1, 5 minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah. And bike, 3 hours, 8 minutes with 2,500 feet of elevation gain. And then all that wind, right? That's pretty pretty legit, man. That's good, good bike time. T2, 2 minutes. That's really fast. And run... Uh, two hours, which um, is both good. And then also it may be great because I don't know what kind of elevation gain you had on that thing. So total time, five hours and 46 minutes in pretty tough conditions, man. And let's see. Thanks so much for the help so far. Yeah, on the overall times with um, with self-supported races, sometimes uh, you got to consider that you may be a lot faster uh, because you got to kind of run these aid stations yourselves and it, and it takes extra time and stuff. So, um, uh, you know, give yourself a little bit, even extra credit on some of these, uh, times. Um, I know at the iron baby we're going to do on Sunday, um, you know, it, it could be faster. It could be slower than an actual iron man, kind of depending on how the aid station stuff goes. Um, okay. So he says, thanks so much for all your help so far. And especially the words of wisdom the other night on Twitter. Oh, he was the guy that tweeted me and said, I'm worried I may not be able to do as good as I want in my race. And I tweeted back, who's going to die if you don't do as good as you want? <laughs> Who cares, man? It's all about just doing it, man. And uh, he said, thanks for um, for that. Uh, you're, and uh, I'm pleased to report I came in at only 11 minutes slower than my goal time. See? And these numbers clearly tell me where I need to put my work in my off season. That's a good thing right there. And good luck with the proper iron baby. 
And I hope someday to join you for it. And as always, my best to Emily and Kai. Hey, Scott, huge props to you for putting on your own half Ironman and getting it done. And uh, where you live, that's really the whole spirit of the thing. And, uh, and letting me know so that I can get this out there for other people to know. All right, so that's Scott Turner in Maryland. Pretty cool. Freaking really cool, man. That's the spirit. And again, as we wrap up the show... Don't forget to support the Iron Baby, full Iron Man that we're putting on on November 9th. Hashtag Iron Baby. Tweet it. Support it. Consider donating, if you like, to the March of Dimes. Uh, that's our, our uh, charity of choice. And uh, you can donate to your own charity and just let me know uh, who you donated to and how much. Uh, send me an email with the receipt of your donation, you know, they always send you an email, thanks for donating, and um, I add them up in a spreadsheet and kind of categorize them, you know, there's like a total, and then per charity um, that you donated to if you didn't do uh, March of Dimes, and uh, go out and do something, maybe we should also be adding up miles, uh, swam, bike, and ran for the Iron Baby, let's do that, that's a freaking good, I- good idea, Brett, <laughs> that's a really good idea, and um and then we can start going global, and then you don't have to travel anywhere to go do this. You can do it. Uh, the spirit of the Iron Baby is to do it on your own to show how much you would do if given the opportunity to help out. What, how much you could do, and you would do. And a uh, a triathlon is a great way to do it. it. Doesn't even have to be a triathlon. It can be a swim, bike, or a run. Something cool. All right, that's it for this episode. Next episode will be the Iron Baby itself and we're going to detail that how we got it done and what it's like it'll be the 10th annual iron baby super stoked to bring that to you all right and thanks again aj for being on the show and if you are somebody in the industry that wants to get a word out send me an email we can set up an interview we can do all kinds of cool things all right that's it everybody stay safe out there work the uphills cruise the downhills and keep the rubber side down out 